Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 187. We're recording this live Sunday night, June 22nd, 2014, the day after the longest day of the year. But we'll ask Asif about what was really his longest day of the year, which was probably Friday. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, the single source for all things mobile, location-based, pervasive, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to know about the mobile industry, just check it out at Untether.tv. And with me, well, at least in body, (laughs) from Toronto. (laughs) It's Uh, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes, I am here. (laughs) <laughs> you are. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> he is here. Yes, a uh, uh, You would you classify Friday for you as the longest day of your entire I life? I think so. I think so. It's uh, so. Yeah. Let me jump right into it. So I think everybody, if you if you follow the show, you know I was in uh, in Dublin last week. Uh, great trip. Met some great companies, great people, great startups. Uh, I'll talk about uh, some of those in, in a little bit. But yes, the longest day for me was Friday, uh, which is my day coming home. Uh, hopped on a plane uh, at about 8, 8.30 local time a.m. Uh, from Dublin to get back to Toronto for about 11 a.m. Uh, here. So it's like a seven-hour flight. And uh, I woke up on Friday morning, completely normal the day before, by the way. Woke up on Friday morning with a sore throat and a fever of 105 degrees. And then had to sit on a plane for seven hours, going through like shiver chills and and the whole thing. Um, and couldn't eat, I couldn't even swallow anything. Like my, my throat was so sore, I couldn't eat anything on, for seven hours on a plane. I'm just drinking oh, water, and trying to, like trying not to freeze. Get off the plane, go immediately to my doctor's office, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, strep throat, tonsillitis." Uh, he verifies the temperature. You know, it's still 105, <laughs> um, and uh, you know. Onto the medication I go. So uh, yeah, I, I basically slept for the last uh, day and a half, and uh, still feeling it, as you can hear in the voice. And uh, yeah, but here I am. But how was exactly? We we're not going to miss That's an episode. That's how important this show is, people. We exactly. Not miss this show, no matter what. No matter what, deathbed and all for a safe. Well, mm-hmm. how was Ireland, man? It sounded like it was a great trip. It, it was. It was great. It, it really was. The weather was uh, phenomenal. Like everybody, all the locals or something. Like it was the best. Like the best weather they've ever they've had. Like you know, so they've far ever had. I can believe that. Was it day. sunny? Maybe they've ever had. It was like 28, <laughs> 29 degrees and sunny. Uh, that doesn't happen uh, in Ireland, um, and so so it was uh, just just really really great weather, and uh, met, met some great companies. So um, I want to shout out to some people that uh, that uh, we'll, we'll be talking about on this show in the future. We'll we'll have these guys on as guests. But Patrick Letty from uh, Pulsate, um, you know we uh, we've had we t- we've covered Pulsate on the show in the past. Um, uh, two folks from uh, RTE, which is like the the local TV uh, network over there, uh, Cohor and Caroline, did an interview with those guys. Had a lot of fun with them uh, out at their offices. Uh, Ronan uh, from One to One, Gavin from Pop Team, Sean uh, Sean O'Sullivan from Local Social, uh, Jennifer from Intel, and uh, and and just just because we, we got to throw it in, Karsten came over all the way from Germany to hang out with us <laughs> for the week. So. Uh, you know, all of you guys, great hanging out with you for a week. Great learning about your companies and what you're doing, and uh, looking forward to working with you. And as as we're going to be back in Dublin, kicking off the official uh, Dublin chapter later this fall. 
I think that's amazing. I love that you yeah. went there just to hang out with some of these companies. Yeah. A man of the people. There you go. And look what you did. Ireland, you sent them back with strep throat. <laughs> nice. <I know. laughs> that's the thanks you get. Yeah. Get out of our country and here's some strep throat. Mm. Wow. 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 Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I wish I could have uh, been there. I like the idea of going to a uh, another location. I mean, let me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of going to another location, but I like the idea of going and and immersing yourself in in some of those com in some of those companies that we've all talked about, which I think is amazing. Uh, so I do that when I hit San Francisco, which is about due for another visit. There you go. All right, well, we got uh, the usual bevy of activity here. We got 10 great stories. We're going to break down uh, it into three of the uh, kind of concepts that we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit later on in the show, the evolution of the digital out-of-home experience. And we got this great story about facial recognition and dating, which you'll want to stick around for. And, and uh, I think that Lowe's just invented the holodeck. Uh, so you're going to have to stick around for that. We've got a great resource of the week. And, of course, uh, we're going to dive right into our 10 stories starting right about now. And then we're going to get a Asif into his bed so that he can become a productive person again in well, I gotta hop on a plane in uh, in a few hours again. So. Gotta hop on a plane. <laughs> well, do us a favor, spread that sucker. Make sure yeah, that they, everybody they, gets it in Colorado. Exactly. It's Colorado yeah, you're going to push it around the plane a little bit. You're going to Colorado. I'm going to Colorado. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, it's Colorado. Yeah. They're gonna have the disease. All right, well, let's jump into the top 10 stories. Uh, and uh, we're going to start here with a story from McDonald's. They seem to be uh, in the show quite a bit. They're innovative, these guys, these McDonald's guys. I guess they have to, uh, they're, they're just trying to get their customer base back, right? They, they, yeah, they well, and I, I mean, it's your story. I'll let you talk about it. But uh, I pulled it out only because it's Canada, man. Yes. And, and last, last week, you were, your last two weeks, we haven't had a story from Canada. So here you go. This is true. Uh, this is McDonald's Canada. This is no longer available, but I'm going to tell you about it right now. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a good little offering. They were offering a, a chance to win free, a free medium French fries. You know those golden sticks, man? Like when I used to eat McDonald's back when I was like young and could absorb that kind of stuff. Those those french fries were just like melt in the mouth. They weren't real potatoes, but they tasted so good, deep fried in meat fat, right? But uh, that's just, it's nothing here nor there. But they, they actually were giving away, or trying to give away uh, a medium french fries through a, an out of home campaign that connects smartphone users to digital screens to each other. Let me explain. This is created by, a uh, this is a Quebec company called Cosette. Uh, this is a game that connects two smartphone users through an interactive digital screen. And what they do is that on the big screen shows a giant box of McDonald's golden french fries. And the game is to swipe from your phone as many of those fries, all of those fries in fact, into from the, from the screen and onto your device within 10 seconds. If you do this and the person next to you does this, what you're doing together, you guys get a coupon for free goldie fries from McDonald's. This was, as Asif said, in Canada, baby. This was done by Microsoft Canada. More specifically, these were done. This was done inside the Dufferin Mall in Toronto. These were in. It was valid for the inside the two McDonald's inside of the Dufferin Mall. But again, as I said, it ended on Friday. This initiative ended on Friday, so you have to pay for your stinking fries. Yay, Canada! Finally, there you go. Back Asif, in the news. Back in the news. All right. Uh, our second story is from Pinterest, uh, that great company, Pinterest. Not Canadian. Um, Not Canadian at you know, all. A while back, they, they launched this feature called Place Pins. And we talked about this when, when this had happened, um, you know, where you could actually tag locations. Um, and so they've they basically added a, a search capability now uh, tied to these Place Pins. And so 
what they're doing is is they're, they're letting you um, search uh, and, and find rank results based on geography, population, and data quality. Um, and and under underneath all of this, by the way, is Foursquare data. Oh Foursquare data. Um, and uh, and you can do this on iOS. Apparently, there's an Android version of, of this coming soon. Um, but if you have the iOS version of Pinterest, you can you can do these sort of location-based searches for for place uh, for place pins. Now, this is interesting because since they've launched this, uh, uh, users Pinterest users have created one billion travel pins and more than four billion place boards. Crazy! Wow, wow. crazy! That's a, that's a fanatical group. That's a lot. It is. Why do they need Foursquare? Well, I, don't, I mean, I assume they're just using it from a uh, an underlying uh, mapping Location, yeah. perspective, right? Yeah. But at some point, uh, their data trumps Foursquare. You got to think so. Yeah. All right. I'm just putting it out there. All right. From uh, you know, I don't know, pictures of food to the Food Network itself. Uh, get ready for this. Keep this in mind, folks. That pause was for dramatic purposes. This is just a store. The Food Network has partnered with a company called Delivery Agent to create a new online store that sells products mentioned or featured in the television shows. It is freaking brilliant if it was 1999. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to buy, I don't know, like, uh, uh, you know, any kind of toaster that is featured in Martha Stewart or a Rachel Ray, all you have to do is, guess what? Go to the website, and it is actually at foodnetworkstore.com, and uh, go and buy it. It accepts payments for product that's on the television. I don't even know what to say. It's a responsive website, not an app, uh, which to me is a complete and utter failure. This is not news, man. Like this is this is. I don't even know how they get excited about this. They wrote a press release about this, and they. This is the shopping channel. It is. It's a shopping channel, but the way that they they promoted this is like it's a responsive website, and you can buy stuff, and it's omni-channel, and yes, it's multi-channel. You can pay with PayPal and V.me, Rob. But it, I know you can pay <laughs> for stuff that's on television from a uh. store. It's called e-commerce. Company in Ottawa called Shopify. There are they have hundred thousand other things like this called stores online where you take digital payments. Ridiculous. The saving grace maybe for the Food Network, there isn't one. Saving grace might be if they move this into an app, into their app that actually creates a dual conversation that actually allows you to detect whether or not there's what you know what's on TV and push you promotions if you're so interested in this. But this is this, this is Food Network coming into 1999. Way to go! Heard of this company? We're going to talk about it a little bit later. It's called Amazon.com. It may have beat you here. Just saying. Just Food saying. Network. Foodnetworkstore.com. There you go. Or Amazon.com. Or the one other one million other stores that have launched since 1999. Can't believe that's a story. <laughs> but from the ridiculous to the very cool. The very cool. Yes, Lowe's. You know who who doesn't like a Lowe's store? But um, yeah, so these guys uh, have partnered up with the Singularity University and a group called Sci Futures. Okay. Now, if you haven't heard of these people, especially the Singularity University, you should go take a look at just who they are because they're like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but basically, they're working together to create something called the Hollow Room, which is a 20 by 20 foot room that allows customers to simulate uh, their renovation projects. So basically, this is like you know the Star Trek holodeck 
um, as, as Rob described it, where you can basically, right down to the paint on the walls, like everything based on products that are available in a low store, you know, complete 3D visualization walkthrough of what this room would look like with Lowe's stuff in it. Unbelievable. So and here's, cool. the, here's the kicker for me. Here's the best part for me, okay? Back to Canada. Back to Canada. Here we go. So the hollow room, the first hollow rooms, first two are going to be installed in Toronto stores. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. I get to go see this stuff, people. It's going to be in Toronto stores, uh, and they're going to focus first on bathroom remodeling, um, and it'll be there in the next 12 months or so. When do we get to see Data and, and like, Riker and Captain Picard? Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Very cool. Lowe's. I just want to travel. I want to travel in time, man. So do Forward, I. Backward, whatever, yeah. We'll finally then, find out what happened to JFK. Who shot JFK? That's what I, that's what I need to know. Yeah. Not yet, though, eh? No. All right. Well, from 3D holograms and Lowe's to 3D art projection for our fifth story, and this is to promote the 21st Climate Conference that will take place in Paris in December 2015. Artist Naziha Mastawi... Uh, will uh, project botany-inspired images on major monuments throughout the city. It's called One Heart, One Tree, and it aims to connect society to nature through technology using interactive video mapping to cover the city in a virtual forest. Some pictures are flowing through as we're watching this. If you are not watching this, I just do a search for One Heart, One Tree, and you will, you will see some great, great, great art. Uh, now, the 3D projections will be generated by spectators, by you and I, who happen to be in Paris at the time, through their smartphone. A phone-controlled heartbeat sensor will allow participants to create a digital tree that can be seen growing on buildings in sync to their own heartbeat. Now, the greatest thing is that once you plant a tree digitally, a physical tree will actually be planted in Europe, Latin America, Africa, or Asia. City monuments from other cities may also be incorporated into this project. This is a fascinating use of art blend with technology and uh, and kind of creating an awareness and for the rest of us that this is an issue and uh, contributing digitally will contribute physically. I think it's amazing that you yeah. can use your own heartbeat to to project an image like that. That's awesome. Yes, if you have a heart, I suppose. Yeah, if you don't have a heart, well, you, you know, you don't do this. And if you're in Paris, right. you better have a heart. For those of you who still haven't found that that special someone. Okay. There is that co great company out there, Match.com, and uh, they decided that for the mere sum of five thousand dollars, five thousand um, dollars, you know, yes, this is a premium service. Uh, they can help you find the right date based on looking at pictures of your exes. Oh, I was going right? to say, I thought it was it's a mail-in Russian brides. Facial recognition technology. So basically, they teamed up with a Los Angeles company called Three Day Rule who's got advanced uh, facial recognition technology and they take a bunch of pictures of your exes um, from Facebook or wherever um, and then they can generate a list of, of people with similar facial features that match these things and then make recommendations to you based on this. Now, the 5000 bucks is for six months what? of the service. You get other things with it. You get like personal counseling. Massages matchmaking and you know you know you know whatever you get you get you get hands-on you know a service as well but uh yeah five thousand bucks facial recognition matchmaking five thousand bucks five thousand bucks this eve that's yeah. crazy well, yeah. we're gonna be talking about this story because i got a whole bunch of questions around this i got a, I, I got like a thousand questions a thousand and one now oh my goodness there you go all right our uh, seventh story five thousand bucks 
5,000 bucks for six months. For six months, 5,000 bucks. All right, well, we're coming back to that for sure. Our seventh story, uh, in case you missed it this week, hey, Amazon launched what I would consider the first real mobile commerce platform called the Amazon Fire. It actually is a smartphone, but it should not be called a smartphone at all. I don't think so. The phone, you know, the, the, it is an encasement for commerce, basically. Big things for this audience uh, that we're gonna that I want to talk about very quickly is the incorporation of the Firefly technology, which actually is like Shazam, and it offers to identify phone numbers, email addresses. So you hold this up and you hit a button on the on the left hand side of the of the phone, and it uses the camera to identify email addresses, uh, phone numbers, and then you can you know basically direct email or direct call. Uh, movies, TV shows, music, and over seventy million products. So literally, you just hold it up, hit the button, and it scans it, and it will recognize this all from its dedicated button. Uh, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. If you're a developer, there's an, actually an, uh, an SDK that you can incorporate this into your, uh, that technology into your apps as well. The uh, Another big thing that I think is huge is their May Day service. Now, I'm interested to have this conversation a little bit later, maybe with Asif, is that uh, Amazon does video customer service, and this is a 24 by 7 by 365 service, and it's right on the phone basically their customer service. You get a video and they say that they will answer within 11 seconds. 11 seconds they will answer this. And I, I wonder, you know, this is a support call. Maybe it's a test to see if they can actually create a concierge service as a result of this. I'm very interested in that because this is 24 by 7 by 365 with an 11 second wait time. Amazing. And the last thing that you should know about this is that it comes with free Amazon Prime for a year. And the whole thing, this encapsulates this. This is a hard piece of hardware, but it's the service layer that differentiates everything. Every single Amazon product is jammed in. It terminates in this phone, uh, you know, from cloud storage to backups, to music, to audiobooks, to connecting with Amazon Fire TV to do, uh, you know, to basically flick all your content to the television stream for video streaming. It's all here and it all terminates in the phone. Uh, who knows if they're going to sell any, but this really is the first true commerce-centered platform that I've ever seen, and it is called the Amazon Fire. There you go. Big. All right. Uh, our eighth story is uh, over to the, uh, the country of Oman, where uh, some schools over there are getting what we call reverse vending machines. And these are put together by uh, a company called Averta. And Averta is a, uh, a company that's focused on uh, recycling. And uh, they do this uh, throughout uh, the Middle East, uh, North, uh, North Africa region. And so they recycle all sorts of things. And so basically what this is are, are vending machines that they're putting into schools that you can put uh, plastic bottles in, you can put light bulbs in, you can put you know anything that's basically recyclable in, into these things. Um, and then the incentive uh, for this is is that uh, you know if you put these th these in, you get two air miles for every uh, unit of, of of product that you put into the uh, uh, into the device. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. And last year, uh, so they've been running this for a while. And um, so, so last year they did seven hundred thousand air miles were given away uh, via this method, and they expect that this is this is going to grow even more. It reminds me of. Um, you know, we we covered Coca Cola a while back. That did a something called the Happiness Machine in Dakar. Uh, similar was recycling. It was specific to a Coke bottle. You had to put empty Coke bottles in, and you you it activated uh, you know your your opportunity to play a little sort of arcade game 
uh, on a machine. But uh, this is, I think this is even better in the sense that you're actually getting something that you can, that has some tangible value uh, associated with it. What's the age? Like, are the kids getting the Air Miles? I, I guess. <laughs> I, don't like, know. Uh, I mean, it's in school, so it, it, you got to think so. Yeah, I wonder what the redemption rate is of those Air Miles. It's like, Dad, I've recycled the entire house. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, instead of stealing money, you're basically stealing recyclables and you're collecting air miles so they can get, get out of Oman. Well, that's cool. Well, we'll be talking about that. So you can escape from home, is that exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like you're running away. How did you afford to run away, Billy? I recycled. I got free air miles. I got yeah. air miles. Yeah. But but it, this is what we're going to be talking about, this kind of future of the digital out of home, the evolution of digital out of home with the McDonald's story and, of course, this story uh, in Oman. So stick around for that. Uh, ninth story, uh, good friends here. Location sharing platform Glimpse has raised $12 million. Now, according to their website, these guys have worked with the, the cream of the cream of the crop. Uh, now, Glimpse, like customers like a Verizon, customers like Samsung, um, you know, they're in BMW, they're in Jaguar, uh, you know, Land Rover, Mercedes, Volkswagen, you name it, these guys are in it. And what they do is... is um, they allow you to uh, identify where you are and when you are going to be at some place. So it's to a select group of people. So say, mm -hmm. I'm, say I'm heading to Toronto and I say, see if I'm going to be at your place at this time. I could get, you know, open up a glimpse and he could see me as I'm progressing uh, when I get there and, uh, and he will know my ETA. So that's what these guys do. And now they've been incorporated into a bunch of cars as well. This is a, a C round, a, C, a Series C round of financing, which brings their total amount that they've had invested into them to $20 million. It has some new strategic backers, including UMC Capital, Verizon Ventures, and uh, some uh, two you know, unnamed guys, some angels that don't want their names out there, which are exactly what angels should be like. Um, they're also uh, have participation from their existing investors, Ignition Partners, Menlo Ventures, and Naya Ventures. And uh, basically, they're going to use this money to staff up. And because of all of the demand that they're getting, they just are running at on fumes. And so this is exactly what they need to do. They need to raise some money to accelerate their growth. And that's what their CEO has said that they're going to do. 12 million bucks. 12 million bucks. 12 all right. Million and our final story is uh, about a partnership between Kraft and Blippar. Um, called the Great American Cheeseburger mm, Campaign. Uh, so Great American Bacon Cheeseburger Campaign. Cheeseburger. Uh, so this is running now until Labor Day. Um, basically 14 different summer theme products uh, that they're craft products that they're featuring. And this is all happening at Walmart. Um, and so what happens is is you go into Walmart Supercenter and you see uh, these shelf tags that sort of tell you to download the Blipper app and then you can, you can blip logos uh, off of these products. Um, and then uh, results in, in recipes, uh, or results in um, you know sort of digital content around. They've got uh, Brad Paisley involved with this, and they created something called Paisley Points. And so you upload these images of Walmart uh, of your Walmart receipt, um, showing proof of a craft purchase, and then you earn points which you can redeem for Paisley uh, merchandise, which might be like a signed guitar or a cowboy hat and things like that. So um, an interesting campaign. Um, and I like that you know, sort of Blipper uh, is front and center on this kind of thing in, in a, with major brands in, in major retail like this. As I said earlier, you know, I don't know a few weeks back when we were talking about augmented reality, that you know, this is moving from you know, sort of kitschy niche to you know, mainstream now. Retailers are starting to embrace this in, in a big way, and here you see it right here: Walmart, Kraft, Blipper. Doesn't get any bigger than that. Cheeseburger. Um, and, and and just a sidebar comment, uh, you know, the verification came out this week that Blipper did indeed acquire Layer 
so that's a done deal. Um, and so uh, again, congrats to to the guys on that. Yeah, this this uh, this is interesting. You know, I I don't know. Uh, the Great American Bacon Cheeseburger. I, I mean, I like this concept. I like what Blipper's doing with Kraft and Walmart. Um, but I always, I always hear this, and this is just a personal thing. I always hear artists like this, right? Like Brad Paisley and all these guys sellouts. Like it always, it infuriates me, right? Because I know that Bruce Springsteen would never do that. He would never lend his name <laughs> until he does, and then you're gonna be like, oh. well, you know what? I've I've said that. Uh, you know, I once said that if he was, you know, ever, what'll happen? You know, you know what will happen to you, Rob. Yeah. You'll sign some deal with McDonald's on those fries, and you'll be forced to go in there to have fries just so you can get the Bruce Springsteen whatever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It would be disastrous. You know, I, it, like, all right, kids, come on, we're gonna go get some fries. The only he would never do that. I know that for a fact. The only thing that he's ever done is his distribution company, which is Columbia Records, um, actually started selling uh, his albums, his, uh, his Devils and Dust CD, inside of Starbucks. And uh, I think that that's interesting because Starbucks has become such a uh, you know a distribution hub for music that you have to do that. Uh, and and you know he did uh, he sold his greatest hits um, at at Walmart. Um, and uh, you know that that that's the kind of as much of a sellout. But he would never lend his name to Kraft and something called the Great American Bacon Cheeseburger Contest. And if he ever did, that's it. I'm done. You're done. Well, oh, Brad Paisley. I don't want anything from Brad Paisley. Uh, but I do want the Great American Bacon Cheeseburger. Uh, all right. Those are the 10 stories. If you're not in there, that is your fault for not reaching out and letting us know about this story. Uh, we thank you for all the great feedback that we've had in this last couple of weeks. I just can't, uh, I, I can't I, I, I accumulate it fast enough and assimilate it fast enough. But we'll get to some of the letters and emails that we've received um, thanking us for the show. And I just want to say thank you guys. And thank you guys to those who have you know, support it on tether.tv and this week in location-based marketing at Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash untether and go and do it if you want. We appreciate the fact that you would think of us in this way. If you get a dollar, if you get, you know, if you have an extra dollar floating around and you find value in this show, if we bring something to light that you didn't know, you know, flip it our way, whatever. But don't feel compelled to. We're still going to do this show. We're bringing on some sponsors. We're looking good. And uh, but we thank you for your patronage, and we thank you guys for listening all these times. Uh, if you've been, to, if you've listened to all 187 episodes, you know that we've we've improved a little bit, definitely a lot from that first episode. We're getting there. Yes, and of course, uh, sign up for our mailing list at peopleplacesmedia.com, and we will send you the first chapter of the book, and it should be almost ready. We're getting excited about this. I can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how excited. We're talking to publishers, man. Anyway. PeoplePlacesMedia.com. All right, three stories here. See if we're going to be talking about is the evolution of the digital out of home. I'm going to make you laugh. That's my goal. Is this whole episode is just to make you laugh. I'm going to I'm going to like infuse some livelihood into into the sick the sickly thing that is a seat. My throat's so sore. You know he doesn't want to talk. <laughs> I'm going to make him laugh. I've been trying with the Russian wives, the five thousand dollars. We're going to talk about that in a second with the facial recognition. Uh, which is our second story, and the Lowe's Hollow Deck, and what that means for retail, and why the hell aren't they enabling that for my house? I don't want to go into a Lowe's store. We'll talk about that in a second. And we've got a great resource uh, called the uh, Panoramic View. I don't know if you've heard about this thing called the World Cup that's going on. Good God. Twitter is just a buzz with World Cup. I'm sick of it. We're only a week in. However, that is our resource of the week, a panoramic view of the World Cup with Esri. Um, but let's start with the evolution of the digital out of home, starting with the McDonald's and, of course, the Oman story about uh, the reverse uh, the reverse vending machine. Um, 
you know, we have we have spent a lot of time talking about these machines getting smarter, whether it's at the gas pump or whether it's uh, sitting inside of a mall like the McDonald's one or whether it's sitting inside of a school uh, because they don't let, let candy vending machines inside of school in Canada anymore, um, it, you know, because it was rotting minds and teeth. But these these are now becoming smart devices that are extending the network and creating brand awareness. And they're just getting so damn smart, especially when they tie into smartphones. I, this, this has got to be uh, an industry that has finally woken up as a result of, uh, of the devices we carry. I, these, these are fascinating, fascinating stories that we're bringing up. And, and it's not just these. It's a number of them over the last couple of months as well. Yeah, for, for, for me, there's two key things that come from, you know, not just these two stories, but in general, what we see around this kind of kind of work being done, right? It, it's it, two aspects that, that really bring uh, needed change to the out-of-home industry, right? Uh, you know, on the one hand, you know, the, this kind of integration with mobile technologies, this connectivity to mobile technologies makes the out-of-home industry much more measurable, much more performance-driven, much more easier to, to figure out an ROI on, on what it is you're actually getting for your spend. Um, because I can tell you how many people are standing in front of it by counting mobile phones that are there. I can tell you how many people are interacting with it by how many people swiped uh, fries into their phone, you know, in, in this particular case, or put, put a bottle into, in, into the machine. So, so there's, there's a measurability aspect um, that I think is really important that, you know, we didn't necessarily have, which, you know, sort of static, uh, you know, here we're just looking at an ad on a screen that's changing or even a print billboard for that matter. So I think there's a measurability piece that's really important um, that mobile brings to the table. I think the second thing is, is, is that, um, you know, there's this. You know, there's this level of entertainment uh, that that's really about experience, right? It's about, you know, we're we're not just you know standing there watching something now and and maybe being amused by by an ad or or, or some witty, uh, you know, remark that's that's written on the on on the wall, uh, but but we're actually participating in it. Um, you know, we're creating it. Um, you know, as Coke likes to talk about now, like the, you know, they don't they don't see themselves as, you know, creating a uh, you know a uh, a brand story, um, you know, but what what they do is is they create this story arc, and then they create you know entry points for people to come in and and, and kind of take the story, however you know, in whatever direction they want it to go, uh, as individuals. So you know, you're living Coke the way you want to live Coke, um, and, and I think that's you know we're starting to see that in you know, the way this technology is coming together, in in the sense that we get to play, we get to be part of the experience of you know. Uh, in this case, Averta's recycling campaign, or McDonald's, you know, fried campaign, or what have you. Um, so, so those for me are the two pieces of what I like about you know sort of this blending of mobile and digital at home. Yeah, you, you know, I'm with you. That I always I always think also on the flip side of this is that uh, there's two things that I want to ask you about. Is one, I mean, uh, you know, in the in the golden days of advertising, you had to create the jingle. I'd like to buy the world of Coke. Right, everybody remembers that thing. Um, everybody understands the the Nike symbol. Just do it, and and, and you know it evoked this whatever it was, it, an emotion. It evoked, mm -hmm. um, you know, it helped solidify the brand. And and I, I worry and I wonder that um, this might be part of the arc or the narrative for the brand, right? As as they say, as Coke says. But is this also just? Could this be lazy marketing? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but we're throwing technology at it. And what happens when, just like Regent Street, the, the story we covered last week, is that when everybody is doing this, right? 
and everybody's got these screens and then we go through this the same thing we happen with with billboards and posters is that we go through this like screen blindness where i i, I don't want to flick any more fries i don't give a crap about this what i want is some ingenuity and i want somebody who understands and who's going to put a message out there that actually resonates like a, you know i'd like to buy the world of coke which i keep coming back to yeah i, I don't i don't necessarily agree with that i you know i, I think that um you know, this is a rec. You know, I don't. I won't call it laziness. I, I'll say it's a it's a recognition by these mar by marketers today that we live in a society where we're very uh, individualistic. You know, in in our in our desires, in, in our wants, we want everything <laughs> a little bit customized to, to to what you know what our interests are, right? And and the whole thing that we talk about on the show about location based, hyper local, targeted marketing yeah. is exactly that, right? It's the message that's being delivered to to you is a little bit different than the message that's being delivered to me. So sure. one jingle, one slogan, doesn't cut it in today's world, yeah. right? It did back, you know, when I was a kid, maybe when you were a kid, you know, all that. But uh, in today's world, that's not what people want. And so I think these these things recognize that. Now, I mean, you know, these two manifestations that we're talking about today are still very much, you know, one experience for all. But at least you're, you know you know the way you experience it may not be the same right yeah. like i you know i might be a little quicker on the swipe than you and have more fries in my thing challenge just drop the challenge right here what happens so i mean i agree like i mean we we think we want everything that's in a unique way but ultimately you know there's probably three lumps of human ways right and and yep. we think that we're unique but this is a trend that I'm noticing is that with the McDonald's one, as well as uh, with the Coke one that we covered a couple of weeks ago, where they, it requires two people. So that Coke one where you mm. couldn't open the bottle of Coke unless you yes. met somebody, it was on a campus. And then here you have to challenge somebody in order to be able to do this. So this is part of that viral nature of these things is to bring your friends into this or bring other people into this. Yeah, there's a social component to it. Yeah, yeah and I think that that's fascinating and it's, and it's traditional social. And I mean by that, by it's actually human to human. As opposed yes. to like tweeting about it or There's Facebook real people involved. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I think that that's fascinating about that. That's an that's an overarching theme that we start to see in these things as well. The second thing is that uh, what about this whole fiasco that Apple is doing with iOS uh, eight? Uh, when we talk about um, you know being able to understand in front of the digital out of home uh, pieces that now they're going to be obfuscating the MAC address so that you, we're not going to be able to get those readings that are necessary in order to be able to see how many people are in front of there or how many times people walk by. Like That's a big story here as well, especially for the digital out of home as it starts to emerge with these great, great, great initiatives. Yeah, so I, I think in out of home, I'm less concerned about that than I am in indoors, right? Yeah. I think indoors, you know, the obs uh, you know the uh, them obscuring the, the MAC address is a problem. Out of home, you know, there's still. I mean, we can go. We can go to the to the mobile phone operators, and they can tell us where those phones are, uh, and we can count. We can still count devices that way. Okay. Um, so, you know, we don't need a MAC address for that necessarily. Um, and so, so I think there are ways around that. Um, but indoors, yeah. I mean, if if these if these are things happening inside of a mall. You know, then yes, that 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 could be a problem. Yeah, well, and we we should have that conversation. I know that it's it's going to uh, it's it's sending people in a tizzy right now. Uh, it's, throughout the, yeah, because it's I, I think business models. Any of the any of the analytics guys, the Euclids, the Nomies, the Retail Next, uh, you better have a a plan, a backup plan. Well, maybe For, we should have a long uh, conversation yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, and who knows. All right, well, I mean, the evolution of digital out of home, we're starting to see this even more so, and it's gone beyond the QR code on the big, uh, you know, on the billboards, which thankfully, 
and it's gone into complex, very, very, very complex, yet simple to operate uh, integrations with those screens, digital screens and the smartphones. And we're just starting to see that emerge. I can't wait to see some more about it. But very unique ideas, especially the recycling one. Air miles, kids flying away from home based on air miles. Yeah. All right. All right, the second one, uh, see, explain this. Like, how can you spend $5,000 in six months and and to, to find your match? Like, there's got to be a better way to do that. Trust me, there's got to be. Like, male brides, whatever hey, you want to do it. Trust me, I know guys who spend 5000 uh easily, you know, on bar tabs uh, to try and find a match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's sad. Like that, that's sad. So, but this is this is um, this is leveraging facial recognition. Like, and, and uh, you know, I don't, you know, yeah. No offense to, to anybody, but like, what what can you tell from the the facial features of your ex girlfriends? Like, there's they're my ex girlfriends. So, I mean, price tag aside, I, I do think there's something to this story, right? I think that you know, when, when we say you know, what's your type? Everybody mm -hmm. does have a type, right? Mm -hmm. And there, there, there are certain characteristics that you know we are naturally attracted to, sure. you know, and that's what we look for. So, so what they're saying here is, they they analyze these these things of people that you know you you've had relationships with in the past. They find these common features, and it's not necessarily, by the way, like, like they they're very explicit in here. They say it may not be that you know we're looking always for the for the brunette. Uh, you know, with this uh, skin tone or whatever, it could be just you know this you know th the nose is kind of like got this characteristic to it, or you know these these specific features, and it might be people with completely different uh, things than you, what you expected, um, but they have these certain features, and that and that works, and 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 the, the science actually proves this out, um, is according to them uh around this so I, I mean i know nothing about this but uh, <laughs> yes um, good answer so i i mean it's a big you know what it, it's it's new technology yep. they got three million people on match.com three million people yeah. uh i'm sure there's a percentage of those people who got five grand that they want to throw at this and uh and, and give it a shot so i i don't think there's any loss to uh to match.com to, to to go down this road and try this out um it's unique it's unique what do you think this has to do with? Uh, can, can this be escalated up? So, this, uh, remember Google Glass? Uh, the big concern with Google Glass is facial recognition, and Google had a service that actually did that, uh, that did facial recognition. <laughs> do you think that there's a point in time where where this this technology moves out of Match.com uh, and becomes a commerce-enabled thing? You know that this this type of you know people with sunken eyes or big noses. Mm. Um, buy less. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some algorithmic piece that that you're gonna be able to get predictive. If you can predict, you know, a good match, you must be able to predict how much money I'm gonna spend this year based on the three million people mm. that have you know gone through this process of of basically, you know, yeah, well, fingerprinting I mean, their face. You know, I, I've seen you know back to sort of blending this with the previous uh, story. You know, sort of out of home stuff. I've seen a lot of. Uh, screens that are coming. Uh, NCR, for example, has a screen that I've, I've seen in a lab environment that's got cameras built into it that do use facial recognition. So you walk up, uh, yeah. stand in front of a screen, uh, and then it, it does a bunch of you know algorithmic calculations and looks at you and says, uh, "Yeah, the, the, you know this guy is approximately this age. Uh, you know, obviously male." Um, you know, they, they, they can even look at the way you're dressed and kind of approximate a, an income bracket from that and a whole bunch of things uh, and then serve, you know, appropriate ads uh, in the screen based on that and, and offer. So, 
you know, I, I think there's, there's certainly some truth to, you know, to a commerce uh, opportunity tied to facial uh, features. You know, it's, it's so funny, though, like all that effort, man. Like, think about, think about the, you know, the billions of dollars that has gone, gone into, like quite literally billions and maybe even trillions of dollars that has gone into facial recognition. Right. So we're talking about uh, the Department of Justice, in the United States that have gone into this whole process of, of um, you know, trying to find out a person's identity through video, right? So facial mm -hmm. recognition features, whether or not they're stressed or tensed, you know, all of those kind of things. Think about the trillions of dollars that have gone into this. And, and the best that we humans can do is do a targeted ad campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn, like that, this is good technology. And all we can do is push an ad based on what we think is your demographic. That, that, that burns my ass. Like we gotta be able to do something big. So maybe <laughs> this whole idea with match.com, being able to find your match, that might be yeah, but, worth it. But you know That's what, it. here's the interesting thing for me is take, take the, uh, the Firefly technology now yes. and apply that you know, in the same way that match.com is talking about. Right, that kind Hold of image to, recognition to the, the man or woman in front of recognition you? that could be interesting, right? I mean, I bet you, I bet you, Amazon could could put together an algorithm in like you know twenty seconds to do something. But some they kind could, of like, think about the 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 uh, data that they have on the purchasing habits yeah. of everybody in there. So they know everything. So if they could just recognize your face, you could get a a, a huge data dump on that person and determine whether or not that it's compatible. They are yeah, compatible with you exactly. I mean, no, you don't have to like stalk them and go through their garbage anymore. No, right? you don't. You just have to scan them with, with the, basically with Amazon's Fire phone. <laughs> wow. Well, there this 5,000 bucks, if you got it, you've done it. We'd love to hear it. Did you get married? Are you going to get married? We'd love to know if this is something that works. Um, and do you feel the pressure now that you've spent the $5,000 uh, that the first person that they send your way, you're going to have to marry that person because you've spent $5,000 on facial recognition and this is the perfect match. My goodness. There you go. What happens if it's a man? And you're a man, right? But I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak to that. No, neither can I. I'm can't just saying. That. Like although, that would be it would be a shock. It is World Pride Week. It is in Toronto. In Toronto. It's beautiful. It's big. It's huge. All right, facial recognition. There there is no facial recognition software that I can spend $5,000 on right now. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. All right, our last look that we're going to do here is, you know, I think that these stories, uh, unbeknownst to us, there's a there's a common thread here. Um, the last thing we're going to look at is this Lowe's holodeck piece. And my big question for Lowe's is, you know, they have this lab, the Lowe's lab, and they bring, you know, they 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 test all this technology in there, and they're they're implementing this as you said in Toronto. But why, why why is it that I can't do it in my own house? Right? There's software that uh, that I can download on my computer that allows me to approximate the size of my rooms mm -hmm. and the placements of my rooms. And I've even seen like we, we even covered maybe two years ago yep. a, a story where I can actually see a big screen television from home or not from Home Depot. Yeah, you from, print out the little marker and you yeah, drop it down. Yeah, right, right in my living room, and I can see what it looks like and if it's what I want. So why do I have to go into Lowe's? In order to be able to do this, and is this just a way to get me into the store? Because once I'm in Lowe's or Home Depot, man, I just absolutely spend right? I mean, like a madman. Absolutely, I mean I, that's that's what this is all about. And I, I say over and over and over again, like you know these these retailers, they need to create experiences. They need to create things that are only available in the store that are a reason for you to go. A it. It's a destination, right? Yeah. It's it's not just hey, uh, you know, there's product there like on Amazon, but you know, there's an experience. You know, th th there's something for me to do at that at that place. And while I'm there, I'm gonna buy stuff. Yeah. 
right? And and I think that's what these things are all about. And um, you know, I think this is amazing. I mean, this this technology. And you know, yes, you can do elements of this at home already, and we've covered that before. But you know, this this idea of building a you know a twenty by twenty room that you can walk into and see a whole visualization, a la holodeck, uh, of what this thing could look like. That's pretty cool. It is. It That's is pretty cool. They should just they should license the Oculus Rift, and and do the same thing, right? They should just allow yeah. that. But I, I I think that you're right. This is a a, a store an in store experience uh, above and beyond anything else that I think that anybody would have experienced. Um, and there is a little bit of video that will be playing that's that was playing earlier on around this. And, and you know when when you when you start to think about why haven't other retailers done this? Um, this is something that is, you know, I think differentiates Lowe's from a lot of their competition. And you start to see this with Staples. Staples has an innovation center as well, right? And and Lowe's mm -hmm. has an innovation center, and and Amazon has an innovation center. And these are the guys; these are the leaders in their in their fields, because they're not sitting still and realize that you know the store is changing, commerce is changing. And they you know they need to bring in the technology, the right technology that's gonna that's gonna do two things: drive people in, as you say, bring people into the store, as you say, as well as showcase their products because these are big freaking stores, and you can't find your way. So uh, a lot of us need to visualize this. I just rebuilt my deck on my front on the front of my house, and it's hard to sit there and visualize that while I'm staring at this house. And if they had this, this would have been perfect. The holodeck. Holiday. But I'm still waiting to see, like, you know, Commander Troy and Worf. I'd like to, that would be cool. You know? And just sit by, a, a, you know, a stream somewhere in the holiday. I just want the transporter, man. That's all yeah. I want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would have been <laughs> home in eight seconds and, yeah. and in bed in nine, right? Just take me home. Exactly. You could have slept every night at your house. I know. Oh. And then the hotel industry would have gone. All right, those are the 10 stories and our three big deep dives, the evolution of digital out of home, facial recognition for 5,000 bucks in the Lowe's Hollow Deck. I don't even think that's what it's called, is it? It's not the Lowe's Hollow Deck, something else, but I'm just going to call Hollow it room. Hollow Room. Yes, because Hollow Deck is probably uh, uh, trademarked. Last thing we want to take care of is this resource of the week, Asif, a panoramic view of this thing called the World Cup. What is this yeah. thing? Yeah, it's brought to us by our good friends at Esri. Uh, these guys are so great at doing uh, data visualizations. So what they've done is they've taken uh, the, the 2014 U.S. Uh, roster, uh, the, the, all the guys playing, the 23 men playing for the U.S. team, um, and they've looked at kind of where they're from across the U.S. and basically showing you know this, this whole sort of experience from the perspective of, of, of these 23 men uh, across the U.S. Kind of cool. Yeah. Interactive map. It yeah. is. Yeah. Check it out. Esri. Yes. I, I just the, the World Cup. Like you know, Canada doesn't have a soccer team in the World Cup. And yeah. so uh, it, lo it basically looks at the home t the hometowns of these twenty three men. I, it's good. And what's going on there? Well, I think that it's uh yeah it's like the early Google Maps, right? Yeah. When you used to be able to do that. Uh, really neat. Know. Yeah. And there's right. lots of by the way there's tons of other as Rob said like just go on Twitter. And you'll see, like, every second tweets about something to do with the World Cup. And there are a lot of other visualizations, too. Uh, actually, one of our members uh, uh, you should take a look at is doing some great work in this space also. It's called Geophedia. Um, uh, so it's just uh, G-E-O-F-E-E-D-I-A. -E -E uh, great visualizations and, and doing some great stuff around the World Cup as well. 
You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, when Twitter did that, they started uh, tweeting the flags, right? Um, that's yeah. another simple way of doing it, right, right with uh, hashtags, flags, right? And, uh, it, it, but, but it's the same thing is that it also allows people like me who really couldn't give two hoots about the World Cup. Just, just honestly, you know, I, I, I've not watched a moment of it. You know, I've stayed abreast because it's very difficult not to. Yep. But it also allows me to then just filter in TweetDeck. I can filter out everything that has to do with anything that has to do with that tournament. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, a, I'm not a World Cup fan in general. No. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of the highlights, just flipping channels and stuff like that. But uh, and, and there's been some interesting things. I mean, of course there's yeah. been interesting things. The entire Dutch team is on steroids, and they're still playing. <laughs> That one goal. I mean, that one goal with the guy flying. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, but but they'll never stop replaying that one. But. See, the entire Dutch like there's a not entire, but a bunch of Dutch players tested positive for banned substance, steroids, and yeah. they haven't been kicked out of the tournament, right? And the reason is because these are your people, Rob. I know, I know, but it's ridiculous. Like the reason is is because they said it's only a few, right? And they oh, don't want to penalize an entire country. For the for the, but they're representing the country and they just ousted you know you know basically they trounced Spain five to five Spain who won last time and they get punched out by a stero a juiced up Dutch team how is that even possible right and yeah. as soon as they say that and they're not throwing these players out and they're not disqualifying the team uh, credibility is all it's but not gone. A real sport at that it's, point. No, at this moment it's like how do you. Uh, so hashtag 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 flags all that stuff filtered out goodbye unbelievable anyways that's got to get a rant in there springsteen mentioned in a rant as, as my as my daughter is apt to say that's a fail that's a that's what she fail. says to me all the time that's a fail dad that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully the show wasn't a fail for you who are out there listening yep. and watching um we'll let us see if you jump back into uh the sack you know it's good that he, he got up uh, to do the show this late on a sunday night uh bandwidth held up but we want you to come back next week for episode number 188 we're counting down to episode number 200 which will be sometime in the first uh, couple of weeks of september um, but please reach out. Let us know how we did on this show and any other show that you happen to watch. You like it? You don't like it? We'd love to hear it. What did you like? What didn't you like? Please just reach out. And if you've got a story that fits, it's about your company, reach out. Robin on tether.tv or Asif at the LBMA.com. We good? Yes. All right, Asif. So enjoy Colorado. Spread the disease, man. Will do. Leave a mark in Colorado. That's what we. That's it. If I get out there and I just smoke some of that legal stuff, it'll 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 cleanse everything. Isn't that how it works? It cleanses the mind. It frees the mind, man. It frees the Not, mind, dude. Uh, all right, am. safe flight to safe, and we will see you all next week for episode number one hundred and eighty-eight. Have a good one. Adios.